Hi, and welcome to the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Cleveland, Editor-in-Chief at iPhone Life. I'm David Averbach, CEO and publisher. As you are noticing, for those of you watching the video (laughs) podcast, David and I are recording from our homes during the coronavirus pandemic. Everyone at the iPhone Life team is now working from home for the... for the foreseeable future. Um, And we are going to do something a little bit unique today. We just hosted a live workshop on coronavirus and kind of using your iPhone to work from home and to manage your social isolation. And we wanted to share that with you guys. Yeah, we have a special, we, we're sorry we weren't, we didn't have our podcast last week. We were just trying to figure out kind of what we were doing at iPhone Life while working from home and getting all that figured out. I'm sure all of you can relate to that. This is just a really unprecedented time and situation. We're all doing the best we can, but we really want to be here for you during this time. And we thought having a live workshop that focused on all of the ways that you can use your iPhone to make the best of the situation. Um, You can use apps to work remotely if you're working from home. And you can use your apps to continue to stay connected to your family and friends, even if you're unable to be around them in person right now. And we also have tips for sanitizing your phone because we touch our phones probably more than any other thing. And so it could be, it's really important to sanitize. We really go into depth in all the ways you can do do that and safely do that without damaging your phone. And oh my so we'll gosh, people had one. questions. Everybody was worried about it. So we got really in depth about it. So we look forward to that. And moving forward, we are going to resume our regular podcasting. And so thank you all for your patience in that. We'd love to hear from you guys. We want to be here to support you guys the best way we can. We're actively working on figuring out what the best way that is. And, you know, we can just continue to serve up iPhone content as a distraction from all this. We can cover coronavirus and how it overlaps with technology. Um, so we'd love to hear from you guys and see and find out what you would like from us to cover moving forward, both in our podcasts, in our newsletter content, from our insiders. So please send us an email, podcast at iphonelife.com. We hope you all are doing well, you're safe, you're healthy, uh, and we really enjoyed the workshop as a way to bring the iPhone Life community together. So uh, enjoy this. Thank you for joining our workshop on social distancing and apps for uh, working remotely, for staying connected, and our tips for sanitizing your iPhone. A few things before we get started. First, we wanted to share our social distancing situation. Donna and I, as you can tell, are both working from home. Our entire company is working remotely now. Uh, You can see behind me, I have the pizza that my stepson painted behind me, so you all get to enjoy that. Um, Great pizza. I have not really set foot in a public location in about a week and a half. I did go into a bakery today and had really good baked goods, but they had people waiting in line outside six feet apart. So it was mostly social distance. (laughs) (laughs) How about you, Donna? I also have been, I'm realizing I'm more extroverted than I thought I was because being trapped in the house, it's been almost 10 days now feels really unnatural for me, but the last few days I've been settling into it. I've been working from home. Everyone at iPhone Life is working from home. We've been finding Zoom a great way to connect. Um, 
I've been doing a lot of yoga videos at home and taking my dog on walks because we live in an area where there aren't confirmed cases yet. So going on walks outside is still something that we can do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Everyone I talk to seems to be falling into two camps, those with kids and those without kids. And I'm here, I'm quarantined with my fiance and my soon-to-be stepson. And so... I, it's not a very isolated social isolation (laughs) Um, and especially school's been canceled here. So we're trying to find a way to educate our seven-year-old while going through this process and it's chaotic. (laughs) Yeah. My sister who has two young kids uh, said just the lack of ever being alone right now is really hard. Whereas I know Mm -hmm. for a lot of other people, it can be a very lonely experience being social, doing the social distancing. So I think this is just a really challenging time for everybody in different ways. And um, we wanted to put together a workshop to address what's happening in all of your lives. And you can use your iPhone right now to really improve your quality of life, even though there's a lot that's out of our control. So we wanted to share with you all of our best tips and uh, apps and hope to help you as much as we can. So with that, I think let's jump into our presentation. Yeah, a couple a couple things as Donna's jumping in. Somebody's asking where we're doing this from. Donna and I, an iPhone Life is based in Fairfield, Iowa. So we're both in Fairfield, Iowa. Something else that our COO really wanted to make sure I mentioned, I don't know if you know this about me, but I am not a doctor. <laughs> Neither is Donna. So please, please consult with a medical professional. If you have any symptoms, please take everything we're saying with the caveat that we are not medical professionals. We did our best to research for this presentation and use high quality sources, but we want to make sure we have that caveat. Okay, go ahead, Donna. Yes. Um, on that note, we did consult with a doctor for the section of this webinar where we'll be talking about some tips and advice for if you are having some symptoms, but you know, it's, it's, we talk to a doctor, but we are not doctors ourselves. <laughs> um, someone's um, asking okay. if there's a way to, re- oh, sorry. Someone's asking if there's a way to record this. We will have a recording of this and we will send it out to everybody. So don't worry. Also, yes, just as tomorrow, a reminder, I'll, I'll email you that. Yes. Just as a reminder, when you're chatting, if you can click that little blue box and change it from all panelists to all panelists and attendees, then everyone can hear what you're saying. And that's helpful. Okay. Go ahead, Donna. Okay, cool. All the advice we're about to get into as well, we'll work on your iPhone and uh, for the most part on your iPad as well. Just wanted to let you know that too. Oh, we have a doctor in the house, so they can help us if we get into trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Okay, so what we'll be covering today is first, we want to talk about how to sanitize your iPhone and iPad properly. We'll address not only the fact there's limited supplies of a lot of the things you usually would use to clean your phone, so we'll go over all of that, and we'll help make sure that you don't damage your iPhone in the process. Next, we'll talk about what to do if you're having symptoms. Siri now lets you, what goes through a multi-step questionnaire if you are having symptoms. And we also have an app to help you track any cases in your area, which would put you at higher risk. In that section, we'll also talk about telehealth apps, which are a really great way now to be seen by a professional without having to leave your house. 
next, we're going to talk about working remotely with your iPhone, which David and I are becoming experts on right now. And we have some great uh, apps. We'll talk about your different video conferencing choices and the pros and cons of all of them. Uh, then we're going to get into how to stay connected with friends and family during this time. If you're someone who's living alone, or even if you're not, um, probably there's a lot of people right now that you can't see face to face and that's, that can feel really sad, but there are really fun ways that you can stay connected. I've been using group FaceTime a lot. Uh, we have some fun interactive games you can play on your iPhone with people too. So we'll go over that in that section. Finally, we'll talk about apps for home deliveries. There are so many awesome options that make it so you never have to leave your house right now, including grocery shopping and takeout and delivery apps and uh, medications as well. And we'll also go over protocol for that because people a lot of times wonder, can you still catch the virus from a package left on your doorstep? So we'll tell you how to help avoid that as well. And we're going to pause at the end of each section for question and answer. If you all, though, when you have the question, just type it in. I'm going to be moderating these first few sections. So I'll be watching for your questions. And as we pause, I can answer them. So in other words, don't wait till the question and answer to ask your questions. Ask it now. And then when we get to the question and answer, we will answer them. Sound good, everyone? Okay, so we'll get into our first section, how to sanitize your iPhone and iPad. Really, the easiest way to clean your iPhone would be to be using Clorox wipes. And so we'll go over the guidelines for that first. But as we've discovered after putting out this tip and from our own experience, it's actually very difficult to find Clorox wipes right now in many areas. So don't worry, we'll get to that soon. But if you can find Clorox wipes, here's what you do. Um, basically Apple used to not recommend using Clorox wipes on your phone because it can damage the coating on your phone. Um, there's a chance of that, but after this coronavirus outbreak, Apple updated its guidelines for cleaning your phone and has now included that you can use Clorox wipes or other wipes similar to Clorox that use 70% isopropyl alcohol in the wipes. Um, Lysol wipes also work. You don't have to use the Clorox brand. Um, but in general, you don't want to get too aggressive with using the wipes over your ports and speakers and things like that because you don't want to damage your phone. You do not, under any circumstances, want to clean your phone with bleach, um, vinegar, or undiluted alcohol. You also don't want to submerge your phone, even if you have one of the wa uh, waterproof versions, you don't want to submerge your phone in any of these liquids. So your instructions for cleaning your phone, you wanna turn off your phone, unplug it. If uh, I like to keep my screen protector on and my case on, so that just makes sure that I'm not gonna damage the surface of my device anyway, and I always have those things on my phone to keep my phone from being broken. Um, and so you're cleaning those surfaces. Then you wipe down your device thoroughly, just avoiding any ports, and then you let it air dry for about 10 minutes before powering it back on. And I recommend doing this daily. Do you have anything to add to that, David? Sorry, I'm gonna be muting myself as Donna's talking so that I don't take over. No, I, I don't, that, that all sounds good. I've definitely gotten in the habit of every time I get home, 
I not only wash my hands, but I also try to take out a Lysol wipe and wipe down my phone. So it's because whenever you're out, you find yourself touching your phone every time. So it's definitely an extension of washing your hands, in my opinion, and everybody needs to make sure to treat it that way. Yeah. I also want to just acknowledge to people quickly, we wanted to go over a lot of the essentials for just making sure that you're you're safe and that you're sanitizing everything early in the workshop. But that later in the workshop is going to be a little bit more of the fun stuff from working remote and staying connected. So I want to cover this thoroughly, but don't worry, this we won't just be focusing on this the whole time. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk quickly about creating your own cleaning solution. Amazon, as far as I can tell, you can't get any wipes, whether it's Clorox or off-brand, until May at the earliest. So, and I can't find any at Walmart or any other stores in my area. So you can create your own cleaning solution. This is one I just want to say, this is what I've read online that you can do. Apple does not say that you can create your own solution. And so you are going to be doing this at your own risk. AT&T on its website recommends that you can do this to clean smartphones. Um, So anyways, I just wanted to put that out there. If you can't find cleaning wipes, what you can do is make your own mixture with 70% isopropyl alcohol and 30% water, but you just need to make sure to get that ratio right. If it's too concentrated, it can damage your phone. And if it's not concentrated enough, it might not get any viruses or germs off your phone or all of the viruses and germs off your phone. And if you do this, you want to pour the solution first on the cloth. Don't pour it straight on your phone. Then thoroughly wipe down your device as if it were a Clorox wipe. The same instructions apply. And uh, I'm seeing a question here. Definitely do not use homemade bleach on your phone. That is sure to damage your phone. Uh, And this probably goes without saying, but your phone is only as clean as your hands because you're touching it constantly. So I wanted to go over guidelines for washing your hands. I thought I, it seems so simple. I thought I knew everything there was to know about washing hands, but I was wrong. I was looking up online what was like the most powerful soap I could possibly get to clean my hands. And it turns out it actually doesn't really matter what soap you use to wash your hands It just matters that you use soap and that you wash them for at least 20 seconds, which I don't know about you, David, but 20 seconds is so much longer than you think it is. It really (laughs) is. I have to like sit there. I I like this tip of seeing the ABCs because I sit there and I'm like, is it 20 seconds yet? Is it 20 seconds yet? And it it feels like a lifetime. Uh, But and in particular, what what I've been told, and you can correct me if you're wrong, if I'm wrong, is that you wet your hands, you put soap on them, and the 20 seconds is primarily actually just rubbing the soap around your hands before putting it back under the water. Is that your understanding as well? Um, yes, that's my understanding okay, as well. Okay. And they even recommend like singing the ABCs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm having some questions pop up about the isopropyl alcohol. And I wanted to ask, I know Noah is attending the webinar. He's part of the iPhone Life team. And I'm wondering if he could just verify the 70% isopropyl alcohol. If you buy the uh, alcohol already diluted to that point, if that is sufficient or if you need to add additional water yeah. to that. <clears throat> the, the, the key here is that the alcohol has to be 70% content or greater. 
and so um, you don't want to buy, you know, or use a 50% alcohol solution. Uh, it needs to be at least 70%. Um, and so most of the time when you're purchasing uh, an alcohol at the store, like in the, you know, Band-Aid type of uh, section of the store, uh, it'll say what percentage of alcohol is on that bottle and you can purchase 70% or 90% or something like that. Uh, but there's no need to, and definitely don't take that and dilute it further. Uh, you just want to make sure that you have at least 70% uh, pure alcohol content in order to be effective. So it's at least 70% to be effective, but my understanding is that if it's more than that, you can damage your phone. So you want to, whatever your, your end product, you want to be 70%. I'm sorry for uh, any, for not being clear about that. I'm reading and that people can't, some people can't find isopropyl alcohol either. We, after this, we have one more line of defense of ways you can clean your phone. So <laughs> we'll, <laughs> and we'll try to do what we can. We have a doctor in the audience who is fact checking me live. Thank you very much, Dr. Ronnie. He's saying that 20 seconds is washing. It does not include rinsing. Oh, okay. That is good to know. So Try singing ABCs, sing happy birthday <laughs> twice, twice. <laughs> really just wash your hands and also like make sure to get it like under your fingernails, do this with your hands, like get it between your fingers, all of that is good too. Um, one thing I was surprised about, apparently hand sanitizer is not as effective as washing your hands. Mm -hmm. If you are going to use sand hand, hand sanitizer, make sure that it's at least 60% uh, alcohol. There's one other way you can clean your, uh, your devices, and that's using ultraviolet light. There have been studies that show that UVC light can kill viruses in three minutes from six inches away, um, and it can kill a lot of other bacteria in much less time than that. We have been testing out a product at iPhone Life for a while that's called the phone soap. I'm going to stop my... Uh, presentation share so you can see me a little bit bigger, but it basically looks like a tanning bed for your uh, phone. I don't have it plugged in, so you can't see the light here, but you can put your phone in here and that way you're not actually being subjected to the UVC light, which is a good thing because it can damage your eyes and skin. You can also get open light bulbs, but if you're doing that, you're just going to want to make sure to protect your eyes and skin while you're using it. This costs about $80 and it's also back ordered right now. I think it should be easier to find just a germicidal UVC light bulb and those can cost as little as $2. I do also want to mention that there are manufacturers that sell antimicrobial cases and antimicrobial screen protectors. Personally, I wouldn't trust that as my only line of defense, obviously, but I think it is worth looking into. I'm pretty sure Zag has, Zag is my, one of my favorite uh, glass screen protectors, and I'm pretty sure they have an antimicrobial screen protector as well. So that's worth looking into as well. Um, let's pause here. Do we have any let's pause questions here. We that had, we missed? We had some raised hands. Um, let's call on a few people during our Q&A section. Kim, I'm going to allow you to ask your question. Hi, Kim. Right now, it looks like you are muted. If you want to unmute you unmute, your... Kim. Oh, I unmute Kim. I don't know. I, 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 I tried unmuting, 
All right, I'm going to call the next person, Donna. Uh, <laughs> hey, Donna, do you want to try? Oh, Donna's unmuted. Oh. Hi, Donna. Me? Yes, yeah. you, Donna Nielsen. I didn't have a question, though. Thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> All right, let's try someone else. We have H. Joe Sweet here. <laughs> Our, this is a new feature we're trying out, so uh, bear with us, everyone. Anybody there? I think let's let's move on. I think the okay, good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, oh, somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, let's see. There's a few questions here. Um, let me scroll up for a second. To dry hands, can we use same cloth towel or only single use paper towels? I don't have an answer to that, um, but I have been using cloth towels and washing them regularly. But again, I'm not a doctor. Um, best to let, oh, somebody answered. Best to let oh. hands air dry. Uh, I love this. Somebody said there's an Apple Watch app for timing the 20 seconds. It's called Hand Wash Timer. I definitely want to try that out. <laughs> we should add that to one of our daily tips. That is cool. Okay. Um, I'm going to continue on with the presentation unless there are any other questions for now. Yeah, I'm, I'm scrolling, but I think we got through most of them. Okay. Um, we wanted just to take a minute before going on with the presentation to tell you about a special offer that we have for all of you for our premium subscription, which is iPhone Life Insider. Right now, as you probably are, a lot of you are aware of, companies are struggling as, uh, and the economy in general is struggling with this coronavirus pandemic. And it's a really great time to support businesses that you care about and that you value the services they're providing. We wanted to give, we also know just in general, everybody is taking a hit because of what's happening. So we wanted to also give you a 30% discount to iPhone Life Insider and you get 40% off if you are a senior or a veteran. Um, and so if you go to iphonelife.com slash workshop hyphen offer, you'll get that special deal. And I know that a lot of you listening now are already insiders. So thank you so much for subscribing. We've had so many people subscribe in March and we really appreciate it. We are a small business. We're an independent publisher, so we are not related with Apple. Uh, we rely on subscriptions to keep the doors open. So we really appreciate everybody who's gone and subscribed so far. We really appreciate if you are interested to go subscribe. We just came out with a guide that, Funnily enough, we did, we did this before a coronavirus outbreak, but it's a really perfect guide for right now. It's the messages app guide. It teaches you how to get the most out of it. And now that we're all on social isolation, it's gone from being something that you, know, you use throughout the day to being something that's really important for your daily life to keep in touch with people. We have a ton of tips and tricks of things you didn't know you could do with your messages app. You can send money to people. You can, we teach you how to set up your bit, your emoji, uh, all sorts of things. So group texting tips and tricks, which is great for right now. Make sure you check it out. Um, 
And yeah, so go to iphonelife.com slash workshop dash offer. And once again, that is 30% off and 40% off for seniors, veterans, and service personnel. Uh, and the age, it's 60 and over. Yeah, and um, we have a, a guide coming out next week. That's our battery guide. That's one of our most searched articles is how to how to stop battery drain. And so we put together a comprehensive guide on how to make sure you're doing all the things that you can to keep your battery running in a good way. Throughout this workshop, we've been pulling in different tips from content that we have in Insider, but there's so much more when you sign up. You get in-depth video guides, you get video versions of all of our daily tips, tons of exclusive content and access to our editors. So whenever you're having a problem with your iPhone, we help you find a solution. So and it really pays to be a subscriber and we hope you sign up. Uh, okay, so our next section of this workshop, we're gonna talk about how to, what to do if you're having any symptoms or if you're just wanna know what to do in case you do have symptoms in the coming weeks. Apple just added a great feature that you can now ask Siri if you're having symptoms and you'll be led through a few simple questions and then you'll be put into, a, there are three different options of what you should do. And uh, we'll go through that with you right now. So the queries that you can ask Siri, you can say, do I have coronavirus? How do I know if I have coronavirus? And what are the symptoms of the coronavirus? You can't ask like, I have a headache. Does that mean I have coronavirus? That Siri won't respond to that. I tried that yesterday, but I looked it up and a headache doesn't mean I have coronavirus. So I was happy to know that. <laughs> um, so the, depending how you answer your questions, you'll be assessed as being low risk. And if that's the case, Siri will send you to the CDC website, the Center for Disease Control, where you can see just your basic guidelines for pre prevention, a lot of the hand washing that we just talked about. Uh, whoops, medium risk will link you to telehealth apps. And we wanna talk about that for a minute. If you haven't heard of telehealth apps before, it, this is a really good thing to know about now because more and more insurance providers and Medicare now is covering these apps that let you talk to a healthcare professional. That includes things like therapy too, from the comfort of your own home using apps on your iPhone. Um, so if you're having some symptoms, that's a really good option because we don't want to flood hospitals and you don't want to, you know, get in contact with germs at hospitals if you don't need to. If you're having life-threatening symptoms like trouble breathing and you're over the age of 65, uh, Apple will ask if you'd like to call 911 and you can be taken to the ER. Donna, real quick, a couple points here. Um, first of all, someone is saying that Siri only answers questions if you're in the U.S. Uh, so just as a clarifier there, is that, that's what, is that what you have been led to believe as well, Donna? Oh, um, you know what? I actually did not check on that. So I'm glad to know that. I, I'm, it must be only available in some countries. Okay, yeah. Maybe the U.S. Yeah. And obviously you can always Google this as well. Um, the other yeah. question somebody's asking to back up to the other section, if you do not have a Lysol wipe, could you use so a soapy water solution to wipe down your iPhone? Um, I, Apple's website just says does not, do not use cleaning products on it. So I just, you probably, 
a totally unofficial opinion is like, you probably could <laughs> do that and be fine. But then it's like, at that point, you also have to try to find a way to rinse off that soap afterwards. And you don't want to put your phone under running water. So I'd say try to do one of the other solutions that we offered. But if you don't get your phone too wet through the process, you're probably going to be okay. Especially if you have a case and a screen protector over your phone already. Noah's um, popping in. It looks like he has an answer for us. Yeah, I just wanted to, to add one point there. And that is, you know, it's up to each individual to prioritize what you're, what you're trying to accomplish. And the recommendations that we're making in this webinar uh, are based on what Apple has approved to not damage your phone uh, in ways that you are not going to damage your phone. And sort of that's the recommendation that, that we're giving. But you can prioritize if you're not as concerned about the sheen of your glass or damaging a little bit of the surface of your glass or, or the case that you have on your phone, uh, then you can deprioritize sort of the, the slightly more cautious um, version that Apple is approving uh, and go with something more stringent. The main thing you want to do is just avoid, you know, pushing any water or air uh, into into the ports of your phone. You don't want to be blowing air at it or pushing water into those ports where you can actually damage and create uh, a situation where that phone fails. Thanks, and yeah, Noah. So, those are great points. Thank you, Noah. Someone else is asking, is it safe to assume that the Clorox wipes will work on Apple Watches as well? Yes, I believe it, it's safe to assume that. Um, Noah, you could double check that online for us if you want. I think it's safe, but I... I've, I'm not totally sure. Um, and one other point I wanted to make is just when you're out in public, try to keep your phone in your pocket because that's where your phone's going to be picking up the most stuff around your house. If you're socially distancing, it's not as likely. So that's just another tip too. Um, now I just wanted to go over a few tips from a doctor that we consulted with. Again, we are not doctors and our doctor on the call may fact check us here, but I wanted to share some recommendations from a doctor who works for a telehealth app. Uh, she just pointed out that testing is very limited right now in the US um, and probably other, a lot of places it is. So if possible, if you're having manageable symptoms, she recommends staying at home using cough medicine, Tylenol and rest. Um, if you have cold symptoms, you should isolate for seven to 14 days. And if you're asymptomatic, wait at least 72 hours before returning to work. And if you get to a place where your symptoms are not manageable at home, if you're having difficulty breathing or a persistent fever, that's when you want to go for an in-person evaluation at urgent care or the emergency room. Um, I want to talk about telehealth here. Um, Okay, do you have some questions, David? There's some questions coming in, but we can get to them in the Q&A section. I'm getting ahead of us okay. here. So the telehealth apps that, uh, that Apple talks about are Amwell, Teladoc, Sydney Care, Doctor on Demand, HealthTap. Those are a few of them. But if you do that Siri questioning, if you're in the US, uh, app, uh, Apple will link you to a whole list of these apps. There are a lot more as well. And if you're just having some symptoms at home, but you're not really, really struggling, these are great options. Or if you have a totally unrelated health issue right now, but you don't want to go in and, and just, you don't want to go into the doctor to be subjected to more germs, telehealth is a great option 
for that as well. We also wanted to let you know that Medicare now just came out with new regulations that cover telehealth apps. And if you have a Medicare Advantage plan, they, some of them even waive any of the cost sharing or co-pays. So that I think is, is really cool and good to know. Do we have any questions about that? Somebody was asking, they made a homemade solution with tea tree oil and water. Um, I, that is not effective. So I would, you know, it, it's something you could use in addition to uh, alcohol, but, but you want to make sure you have 70% alcohol or you're using one of the approved disinfectants um, like the Lysol wipes. Another point I just want to make, which is a more meta point, but the reason why we're harping on all of this is coronavirus, the re one of the main reasons why scientists think that it's so much more contagious than the typical flu is because it stays on surfaces longer. So it can stay on surfaces for up to three days, they're finding. And that's why disinfecting is so much more important than it typically would be. Obviously, washing your hands is always important, but this is why we're spending so much time harping on it. Again, we're going to get to a lot of the more iPhone-related uh, fun stuff, but we want to spend some time on this because this is obviously the most important. Noah actually is the one who pointed out this app to me this morning. I wanted to tell you all about the Weather Channel. A lot of you may already have this app downloaded on your phone, but the Weather Channel just came out with a new feature on its bottom menu. If you tap the bottom right corner, uh, it will tell you, it will have an interactive map of the confirmed cases of the coronavirus in your area. And so that's a really nice feature to be able to see day by day what's going on in your area because that affects the level of risk you are running by going out in public. Um, at the top, it'll show you just the overall numbers for your state when you log in. And uh, then if you scroll down, it'll show you county by county how many cases there are. So thank you, Noah, for telling us about that app. So this wraps up our section on what to do if you're having symptoms or really just to how to track coronavirus in your area. Uh, we'll just pause a moment here for, to answer any questions. Uh, and our Dr. Ronnie, sorry, Ronnie, I can't see. Oh, I see your last name now. Um, Emden, Dr. Emden has said that soapy water is a very effective disinfectant and that's why washing your hands is so effective. So as far as using it on your phone, it would be effective for disinfecting your phone. It is not approved by Apple as far as damaging your phone. So you're taking a risk. Personally, I would feel comfortable taking that risk as long as I was using the soapy water in moderation. Um, so I don't think it's a major risk, but as Noah was saying, it really depends on uh, you're kind of having to pr make priorities here of are, are you risking damaging your phone versus how much do I need to disinfect my phone right now? What do I have available to me? Yeah. I have someone who just asked the question, uh, if you're already self-isolating, why clean your iPhone? <laughs> and I think that's a good question. I mean, it is a lot less of an issue. A lot of people across the country have jobs that they still need to go out in public or go into an office. I mean, and a lot of people are staying at home except for to maybe go to the grocery store once a week, even though we'll be getting into how to not do that. But I think it's just to, good to be cautious. Also, if you're living in a house with someone else who might not potentially be isolating as much as you, then you're also subjected to things. 
We were talking about this too in the context of touching your face and the guidance of trying not to touch your face. And I think for all of that stuff, when I am at home and I am quarantined, so to speak, I'm much less concerned of, about it. Um, certainly the time to be the most responsive is when you're coming home. That being said, as we're going to talk about later, uh, and as I already mentioned, that the coronavirus can live on surfaces up to three days, uh, including cardboard and so or paper products. So if you're even if you're at home, presumably you're getting things delivered to you. So it is still a good idea to proactively disinfect things you're touching a lot. Um, David, do you have the Weather Channel app on your phone? Because someone's asking how to get there, and I thought you could maybe screen share and show them. I do, and I this was a last minute addition, so I will have to. Um, I'll have to figure it out with you guys, but let me do that. Let me share my screen here. Give me a second. Okay, let's, can everybody see my screen? Let's I can. Okay, good. Let's open up the weather app. Holy cow. Okay, that just- Oh, that was weird. Um, yeah, hold on. I am, because I haven't opened up the weather app in a while. It's really wow okay let me try this one more time guys because it's like showing code stop mirroring and then <laughs> re-mirror oh um, my gosh okay so we for a moment yeah i could it's just explain it to people <laughs> yeah it's um, it's something about the weather app in particular seems to be uh oh no the weather app oh, is yeah. not working so donna why don't you just explain it Okay. Um, it is the bottom right corner of the app. When you open the app, it will say coronavirus. So, uh, COVID-19 and you'll tap on that. And at the top, it will show you statewide trends and below that it'll show you by County. All right. Next in our, our workshop, we want to go over working remotely with your iPhone. In this section, uh, we'll talk about FaceTime versus Skype versus Zoom, your different voice options for video and voice calls. Um, and we'll also talk about other productivity apps like Slack and Asana, which are both ones that we use at iPhone Life. So first, David, I just wanted to open this up as a conversation uh, we use all three of these apps at different times at work. And so we just wanted to discuss, and we use Slack. That's when we should talk about in this conversation as well. Yeah. But the pros and cons of these different options. Uh, yeah, FaceTime absolutely. will also be talking about for just use between family and friends, but it's also something that people can use at work too. So first of all, if you're at home and you're trying to use any of these things, you've probably discovered what we've discovered at iPhone Life, which is that all of these services are overwhelmed. I mean, we've literally in the last week, just to try to get work done, tested all of these systems and at various times have had them crash. That's been, I'm assuming that's been your experience so far as well, Don. I know you've been on some of the same calls with me. It has. Yeah. I mean, I think my, the biggest thing I noticed is that when putting together this workshop, I had some questions for Zoom just on the back end. And I was something like the 500th person in line <laughs> in customer service to talk to them. 
it, and so, it's actually yeah. gotten better in the beginning of the week it was particularly bad as everyone was trying to figure this out and if you tried to reset your password with zoom their servers were so overwhelmed that it took them like two days to email you your password back so we couldn't use it for a while um, so let's talk about it though um, as you can tell from this we are using zoom right now um, zoom so far i have found to be the most stable um, it seems to work that. pretty well, pretty reliably. Um, we haven't had a lot of issues with call drops. The downside of Zoom, first of all, it's a paid plan. Uh, and so you have to pay to use it. Second of all, I have a really hard time getting onto calls. I find I either have to like text or email somebody the link for them to click on it. It's not like a phone call where you just start calling somebody. And that's my biggest complaint with Zoom. I was going to say Zoom, I think is the best just in terms of it's uh, the most stable. I feel like it's the most conducive to being professional, but the yeah. downside of that is I feel like it requires some planning ahead. Like you need to have a time planned to meet, have it be an official meeting. But a lot of times at, at iPhone life, what we're wanting to do is have an impromptu video call with a few people and zoom doesn't feel as conducive to that. Yeah. Um, um, Slack in general, we love at iPhone life. We use that just for all of our inter-office communication. Um, but I, it, it offers video calling options as well. And because we're already using that app at all times, it's the most convenient, but I would say that it's video, it's video calling features is in our inferior to zoom and probably Skype even, although Skype can be pretty bad too. Yeah. And, and Slack, even in, even in the best of times can be a little bit glitchy with video calls for as a working remotely solution. We love Slack and I, I can't recommend it enough. Um, and you know, under normal circumstances, the video calls are good enough to get by. Uh, but right now we've completely moved away from using it for video calls because it's just been, every call has been dropping. So Slack is excellent. I haven't used Microsoft Teams. I know that's a pretty common one. I'm pretty loyal to Slack at this point, so I'm not really planning it. Yes, I'm saying Slack, sorry, S-L-A-C-K. Um, for people who aren't that familiar with Slack, it's, Basically, the main premise of it is that it helps you avoid emails. <laughs> so it, you can have conversations with people on your team. We use it when we're all in the same office together constantly as well to communicate. Um, it allows you to create different threads. Um, of, so you have conversations that pertain to specific projects or specific departments, and that's all in one place. You can attach files. You can... it uh, It integrates really well with a bunch of other apps such as Google Drive. Like you can see anytime someone shared a Google Doc with you through the app. Um, it's, it's like has a ton of features and it's fun. Yeah, it lets you send it, GIFs and like silly things as well. Yeah, it's fun. It's easy to use. It's intuitive. Um, and like Donna said, it's a really great solution for inner office communication because you create these different threads. And so on each of them, you can have different, uh, you can have different people subscribe depending on relevance. So we have one for our website and you can ask something to everybody on the web team, or you could ask something to like all of the accounting department, or you can 
personally message somebody. So it gives you a lot of options that email can be kind of limited in uh, and that group chats just don't quite cut it. Uh, what about, we used to use Skype a lot in the office. I don't personally use Skype that much anymore, mainly just because I use Slack all the time now. I spent a uh, day what are going- your latest opinions on Skype? I, I hadn't used it much. I spent a day going back to it in our office communication because I was so frustrated at Slack um, and I didn't find it to be more reliable. Uh, it It drops out pretty easily. I had a hard time calling people sometimes. Uh, like it doesn't show them online even when they are. So I had a hard time with it. I know everybody kind of has their favorites. People, if you want to chat what your favorites are as well, um, I see here uh, WhatsApp is certainly a really popular one, especially outside the US. I haven't tried it uh, since right now, um, uh, since, I use you know, since the coronavirus. Yeah, I use WhatsApp a lot just for like international chat when I've been, because it's a free way to talk to people that aren't in the country, but I haven't used it for video. So somebody's saying FaceTime. Let's talk about FaceTime because we haven't gotten to it yet. The Obviously, the major limitation of FaceTime is they have to have an iPhone or a Mac. And so if you're trying yeah. to do group conversations with people who don't have an iPhone or a Mac that right off the bat is off the table for professional use. That also is limited. It doesn't have as many features as say zoom where you can't share your screen. So for professional use, it's not that great. It is really fun for personal calls. You can see on the left of the screenshot, Donna, you did a FaceTime call with some of our coworkers outside of work. How'd that go? Yeah, it's great. I mean, if you have friends who all have an iPhone, then both will will be getting into this group texting and FaceTime calls are so convenient and a great way to stay in touch. Um, you, I found it to be pretty stable for the most part. Although, I guess that's not entirely true. Some of my friends were having problems. If you have an unlimited data plan, then then it's good because if your Wi-Fi is bad, it'll just flip over to your data uh, to support the call. But just in general, I like during this time, group FaceTime calls have made a big difference for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I, I I had a little bit of a hard time with FaceTime as well, to be honest. And everybody had iPhones and we had a hard time getting connected. One that I want to throw out there that I had never heard of up until I was working remotely. And um, this was, I was trying to do a group call with some of my friends. We usually have lunch every Friday and we tried to have lunch virtually and we went through we tried uh skype we tried facetime it wasn't working and the one that worked for us was, was an app and it's a website and a web app as well called discord uh and i've heard really good things about it and i it was like flawless as far as the connection the sound quality so that's one to check out as well we also tried whereby at work was another one which is nice it doesn't require any login and it's cross-platform so if you are not on an iphone or an ipad you can just jump on the browser and and use it which is nice okay somebody is asking uh how to do a group facetime call we're going to get into that right yes we're going to explain that but um we just want to wrap up our our working remotely section because the group facetime we think is more tailored towards personal use with friends and family so we put it in that section noah do you have a comment (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I had uh, just one comment, and that is that um, I've used WhatsApp quite a bit. Um, 
And if, as a free solution, I, I think it's really a great option for mixing Android and iPhone uh, users. And they have a nice uh, uh, video chat service. And it's a very, very popular and stable uh, platform. Um, we also have a bunch of people that have been asking uh, about the Weather Channel app and how to see it. So I just pulled it up on my phone and wanted to show that oh, to people. This little section right here on the bottom, uh, if you can see, is where the uh, Weather Channel has uh, an icon for COVID-19. And that's only going to show up if you have updated your app in the last two days. So you may need to go to your settings and update your app because this was just released in the latest version of the app. Uh, and if you tap on that, then it takes you to the information um, for COVID-19. Uh, and you can see there uh, that it goes into uh, the data for your specific area. Uh, and so I just wanted just... to share that with everybody before we moved on because I saw the chat had a bunch of questions still asking about it. Just as a reminder, that's Thanks, the weather that's the weather app by the weather channel, not the Apple's weather app. Yes. Weather channel app. Mm -hmm. That's a good clarification. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention too, is that Slack is a freemium app. Uh, so you can use it for free with a few users, but once your team gets to a certain size, it, it you pay depending on your team size and how much of your chat and data and things like that you want to store over time. Um, and somebody tried to correct me, but I, I said it right. It is Discord. It's D-I-S-C-O-R-D, -S Discord. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. We've got, we've got um, a lot to get through here. Okay. I'll reshare the presentation. Slack, we really already talked about that. Oh, oops. I did mm -hmm. not update this slide. Besides, you can see our fun GIFs that we sent on the side here. We're going to have a virtual breakfast date tomorrow at work. So you can see that we were chatting about that in our general channel where we talk about random things. <laughs> um, Asana, I wanted to talk about, I put a screenshot in here of this app. This is a great way to uh, be able to manage projects remotely. I use this to assign all of my, of the stories for the magazine. You can, assign it to certain authors, set a deadline, and um, attach files, leave notes, things like that, and get notifications about it on your iPhone, and also use the desktop, use the website on your desktop. And it's a free, it's free to use um, for small teams, so we haven't had to pay anything to use it, which has been really convenient. Another option as far as working remotely goes, this isn't for calls, but it's a software we love in our office and that's Trello. Trello is for task management and it's really easy to use. It's sort of the metaphor is sort of a virtual post-it note. So you end up with like a board and you have on top, you make labels. So you might have like things to do this week or something like that. And you can just move the post-it notes around this board. Uh, and it's easy to use. It's intuitive. Uh, and it's really powerful. So we've been enjoying that. We've used it for years and, and we like Trello a lot. Yeah. And one thing just to check out in general right now, a lot of apps are offering their services for free because they know everybody's going through a lot right now. Um, so that's a good thing to check out with a lot of these services. Some of them already are free and others may be offering free for a limited time or at least at a discount. All right. Now let's get and into the fun stuff. 
David. Yes, let's staying do Staying connected with friends and family. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about first about how to send a group message. Some of you may already know this, but group texting is a really fun way to stay in touch during this time of coronavirus or just in general, but especially right now. So I wanted to tell you how to do that if you haven't already learned this tip. Um, this one, it's similar to FaceTime where group messaging is way better if you're group messaging with people who have iPhones. Unfortunately, I actually have some friends who have Android devices who I would love to group text with, but I just don't want to be inconvenienced by some of the annoying side effects of group messaging with them. So they're not included in my group text. <laughs> I've had to do you, that David. too. No, I, it drives me nuts. And sometimes I'll have to just take my Android friends off. You can do group SMS, but it just, it gets buggy. Not as good. Yeah, not as good. Uh, a lot of it is that if you, you know, the little reactions where you press and hold on a text and do uh, you know, a heart or exclamation point or something like that. If you have someone who's on Android in that thread, it'll send out a bunch of weird notifications to everyone when you do that. Like just weird stuff like that. It's not smooth and seamless. But anyways, uh, if everybody has iPhones, you can create group messages that you also are able to name them the group, the group, which is a nice feature. Um, and so what you do is you just open the messages app, you tap the new message icon Here, in the upper right corner. Oh yeah, that'd be great. Okay. Oh, you cannot, oh, you're sharing. You got to stop sharing so I can share. Oh, Zoom. Okay. Okay. So let me so you, do this. You tap that little new message icon once you open the app. Okay, everybody see my screen right up here up top. I'm going to tap that and then you can just type in people. So I'm going to do yeah. Donna and Noah and if something pops up and then I can type test and what's cool about it is once you have the group, um, if I tap here and I go to info, I can name the group. So I will name it workshop uh like that and then you can add more people to it there too which is nice mm -hmm. you can add more people oh and this is by the way one of the ways you can do a facetime call if i wanted i could tap that little facetime call right there in the center and i could do a facetime call with that group yeah it's part of the reason that i set up the slides in this order the next slide is how to group facetime and it's because this is by far the easiest way to start okay. a facetime call um, so yeah, why don't, if you want to share your screen again and show how you do that, the FaceTime call, you, you can sure. start This one. is going to get interesting Even. guys. We'll see what happens if I start it. Oh, I'm sharing yeah. the wrong screen here. Hold on. Stop sharing this screen. Start sharing my iPhone screen. All right. So I'm going to, uh, share the screen again. And Noah has texted me back and said, hi. So hi, Noah, that was nice of you. <laughs> Share with us here. Okay, everyone ready? I'm going to tap on the FaceTime and let's see what happens. It pops up and I find their interface to be pretty cool. Uh, it pops up the little circles. You can see there's Donna and there's Noah. Um, and I just answered see. it. So look, we'll see if it- So this is a test in. on the fly of how well this all works. Oh, there she is. There's Donna. Oh, I'll mute it. Yeah, good call. 
and we're waiting on Noah. <laughs> Noah, is it ringing for you? Is it working? Oh, and I'm going to show you guys. <laughs> there's fun effects. So if you're not feeling that photogenic, you can tap um, effects in the lower corner. You can show people this too, David, if you want. Uh, so in the bottom left corner, if you, if you tap on the screen and then in the bottom, you'll be able to choose effects and then you can add your Animoji in. So I can <laughs> be, uh, yeah, basically I can do that. I could also do one of the animals. Um, or you could just do like a filter if you, and if you really want to mess with people, you can do like, this is my partner's. Uh, <laughs> that's my stepson's and here's mine. Hold on. I have my hair up in it. <laughs> okay. So no, it didn't work for you. Uh, it did. Yeah. Oh, he's there. Oh, where is he? Is he? I don't assume. Oh, okay. There he is. There he is. He doesn't have a cool filter, but whatever. <laughs> Okay, I'm hanging up on you guys. Okay, so as you can see, you can do fun effects. You uh, can, oh, one thing we didn't mention there is if you tap on the bottom too, you'll have the option to add more people to the call, which is nice. So let's say you have a group message going with a few people you want on the call, but not everyone. You can still start it there through the text message, through the messages app, and then add people on as you go. Um, so a couple tips for FaceTime, a few things that might come up for you is if someone keeps on dropping out, it might be that they're on an unstable Wi-Fi network. And I just did this with a friend the other day. Um, they did not have FaceTime enabled for cellular, which means this can protect you from racking up a big data bill, which can be good. But if you have plenty of data on your plan or you have an unlimited data plan, what you'll want to do is go into the settings app and then tap cellular and scroll down and make sure that FaceTime is toggled on. Okay, and that on. way- I'll walk, I'll walk everyone through it because I also, we, I'm seeing a few comments here that we went a little too fast on that and I wanna show everybody how to name a group chat into a FaceTime one more time. So let me share okay. my screen and you can walk me through what you were just saying one more time and then I'll show, I'll show the other features. Uh, give me a second, yet again. Okay, there we go. So Donna, tell me what to do. I go so settings. You open the messages app. Do oh, you want to okay. do the naming the group first? Or? Sure. I open the messages app and I open the thread that I want to. Yeah. You can see already there's a group there. So I tap on this and I think it? I can and annotate too. Give me a second. Let me get my annotation set up. We'll do this officially. Okay. So Oh, Noah's texting me. Uh, if I draw a circle, I tap this little info circle right here. Right here is the FaceTime circle. So that's where I would FaceTime. There are other ways to go about this, but this is one of the easiest ways. If you have a group text going, you just tap the FaceTime there. Typically, it's polite anyway to text everybody and say, hey, are you ready to do a group FaceTime call? So 90% of the time, you're going to have that text going. Uh, and so this is where you would do that. Um, also, I just want to mention you can do an audio call if you're having a hard time with uh, 
calls dropping, you may want to try, this is a FaceTime audio call, so it's going to be over the internet, uh, but that will be a little bit better. Um, so let me clear this out. By the way, Here. audio though does launch just a FaceTime audio call. It's not a regular audio call. Yes, exactly. Actually not crazy about that. <laughs> yeah. And you can, by the way, do a group call if uh, just a traditional phone call by merging, um, but that, that gets a little complicated as well. And I've had trouble with that. Yeah. So it's right here. This is where I would name it. So I just tap on that and I can rename it. Okay. Donna, do you want to walk me through the settings that you were just telling me? Um, someone says, can you also show the emojis part? Oh, I'm wondering okay, if sure. they mean... Well, I guess you could just show how to send an emoji here. Yeah, so we were doing it on a group call, but you can see on the bottom, and by the way, just to do another plug, all of this we walk through in depth in our messages guide. So if you're an insider, go watch our messages guide. It's great. If you're not, we go through a lot of extra features, a lot of management stuff and how to do this, but we'll show you this here at the bottom. Uh, this is called the app drawer. Is that correct, Donna? Yeah. And if I tap the little monkey guy right there, uh, it'll bring up my Animoji. And then <laughs> there's I David can... and his man bun. There's my man bun. And I actually just learned this the other day. I can tap it and drag it and it's a sticker. Yeah, uh, so these are fun. fun to play with. If you haven't set one up, while you're stuck at home is a good time to set it up. And yes, if you sign up for Insider, which again, it's iphonelife.com slash workshop dash offer, then you get a really good deal right now. And there's um, a bunch of sticker options here. Um, so let me click on my main button and I can tap and drag the sticker. Okay, we are getting into the weeds. I'm clearing yeah, yeah. this. Show me the settings, Donna. <laughs> so we should go back to, so. Again, if back to the other problem, which is if you're on a FaceTime call with friends and someone keeps on cutting in and out, well, what might be happening is that they're on unstable Wi-Fi and they're not, they, their app is not allowed to switch over to cellular to smooth out the call. So what you can do if this person is okay with using, if they have plenty of data to use, is you can go to settings which David will do. Sorry, I was reading chats. Okay. And then Settings. you scroll down to cellular, tap on Settings. that. I'm sorry, it's, you didn't really have to scroll down, I lied. Yep, I will, uh, let me annotate. Tap cellular. Uh, it's just so everybody can see here. Let's annotate cellulars right here. Okay, and then I'll clear my annotations, okay. Yeah, and just to, people are asking about emojis. That wasn't on our, that's not part of what we're, covering in the workshop today, but Noah just linked to Insider where you can sign up to learn more about how to actually set up the Animoji G feature. But what I will say is that you need to have a phone that uses Face ID. So if you have an iPhone that has a home button, then you can't set up your own live Animoji. You can set up a sticker though. So you can still customize and make an Animoji that looks like you. It just won't do what David's, you won't have that feature where it can actually map to your face and move as your face is moving. And Joan just went and signed up. Thank you so much for your support, Joan. We really appreciate Thank it. Thank you, Joan. That's so awesome. Okay. So now that we're here, um, David, oh, all you, 
Oh yeah. So now you're at, you went to settings, cellular, sorry, I keep getting sidetracked. Scroll down to FaceTime. Okay. So if Is you just there... keep scrolling down. Oh, oh, I went too fast there. Maybe okay. keep going down. It's a way. Uh, there we down. go. There it is. Uh, and you just want to make sure that FaceTime's toggled on. David, you already have that toggled on. Yes. And that just means that your FaceTime is, is able to use your cellular network to help you have a more stable call. Other people mentioned, which is true, that FaceTime uses a lot of battery. So if you are somewhere stationary in your home, go ahead and plug in your iPhone to charge while you're on the call. That's a good way to make sure that your phone doesn't die on you while you're in the middle of a FaceTime call with yes. your family and friends. Uh, so that was a good tip. Uh, I'll go over with you the other way to add, to join a FaceTime call. You don't have to do it from the messages app. That's just the way that I like to do it. Uh, the other way is just to open your FaceTime app. Um, if you're not sure where the FaceTime app is, you can just swipe down from any of your home screens and or app screens and type in FaceTime. A little search box will appear type in FaceTime, tap on the app icon, and then you'll tap the plus icon. That'll be at the top right. And you can start writing in people's names or email addresses or phone numbers. Again, these all have to be people who have an Apple device. The people on Android phones can't use FaceTime. And then you can choose whether to call them using audio or video. And one thing I'll just point out again is you don't have to be feeling camera ready to do the video because you can use a filter or uh, an emoji if you have a Face ID phone. <laughs> if you're not wanting to, if you haven't brushed your hair, if you haven't gotten out of your pajamas. <laughs> um, and I, I just want to make a quick plug before we move on to take some time to do this. Um, it, it's a tough time, especially... If if somebody's isolated alone uh, and take some time to reach out and do these group calls, I found it to be really refreshing because you get sick of looking at the same faces every day and it's nice to talk to the people who you normally would see. Like I said, I've been doing, I, had, I have a regular lunch I do with some of my friends on Fridays. So we're just doing that on Friday. We all call each other now when we do it. Um, we had a phone call with my partner, all of her family. We had, I think, six or seven people on this call. Um, I have one, I had one friend just to do a, a plug of a creative solution. They did a dance party and they literally did it over, uh, I think it was over zoom. And there were, there was like hundreds of people there each in their own zoom box doing a dance party. Yeah. Somebody else is saying they're doing a, oh. a FaceTime cocktail party. That's so much fun. That's um, fun. You know, just, uh, I'm just saying this off the top of my head, but I, we should try to do something like that uh, with for iPhone life readers and listeners and try to just find ways for you all to connect so that we can, I saw somebody in the Facebook group posting about that and it's just nice to talk to people right now. So I just want to take a plug to reach out. Um, somebody is saying Max users for a group chat. Do you know that Donna? I don't, I'm wondering maybe, uh, maybe Noah could look that up right now. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to talk about a couple, while we're waiting on that, I want to talk about some games that are fun to play right now too, in the same vein of what David's saying, you know, maybe a group FaceTime dance party is not your thing. You might want to try a game instead. <laughs> I, per <laughs> I personally love Boggle. Uh, 
it's a word game where, you know, you try to make words out of strings of words and you can find friends on there and challenge them through the app. Um, it's a free app that has a bunch of ads that pop up. So that's very annoying. It's not as good as the, as the experience of actually playing the boggle set, which I also have at my house, but it's still really fun. And, uh, is a fun way to stay in touch. I know, David, you had some options of things you like too. Yeah, I wanted to t- touch on some learning options. Like I said, uh, my stepson is here with us and they've canceled school and we, we don't want to just have his brain waste away watching TV while we work. So we, we've tried to get creative with some options. Um, first of all, just real quick before I launch into those, uh, I see some people are having to head out now because we're over our time. So I apologize. We just got excited and you all asked a lot of questions, but we will have the link for you guys. Um, but to get back to this, he is now learning Spanish over Duolingo. He's seven and he, his Spanish is like getting better and better every day. Uh, I think it's a freemium app. So there is a paid option that we're using. But uh, Duolingo has been great for Spanish. I love Khan Academy. I don't think they have an app. I think it's just a website. But it's really powerful in terms of they have mostly STEM. So he's learning math over Khan Academy. And it's really nice. They have a video you watch and then, a le- and then you have a quiz. And so it's like he's learning really quickly on that. So a quick plug for Khan Academy. And Khan Academy is free. I think it's just khanacademy.com or, or .org. You- have to check. Um, and those are the main two we've been using. I also, as far as for education, there's so much great content on YouTube that if you just look for YouTube, uh, you can find a lot. I, I searched today for like, I can't remember what I searched for, but I think it was like second grade, uh, lessons. And there were so many different people that had prepared video lessons for me to use. And so we're kind of just having them bounce between reading, Khan Academy, Duolingo, and YouTube. And it's, it's been pretty effective. Um, uh, someone saying Khan Academy has an app. That's great to see. Uh, so, okay. A couple other things. Yes. Yeah, somebody's posting here. Ted talks are really fun for, for adults. Uh, and they had, we, he actually watched a Ted one today. They have some educational stuff. Um, yeah, yes, Kathleen, we will be sending out a replay of this tomorrow. So no need to worry if you missed a lot of today's, oh, Noah got an answer for us. Group FaceTime is limited to 32 people, group FaceTime calls. And, uh, as far as your iMessage goes, I just looked that up and that is limited depending on your, the, uh, carrier that you use. Some allow only like 10 to 20, some allow more. Words with friends is I got pretty deep into words with friends as far as group games goes. Um, did you play that with your fiance's dad for a long time? I did, and I I, (laughs) I beat him pretty thoroughly, so much so that I got a little bit embarrassed. (laughs) Um, let's see, yeah, libraries now have a lot of ebooks. I see you guys are doing a great job contributing here. Um, someone's saying put your subscription again. No, if you don't mind slacking that, uh, Donna, do you have any others you've been enjoying? Um, I wanted to talk just about some of the old staples, the podcasts app and Spotify are great ways to connect with Mm -hmm. people. Spotify now, you know, well, it has for a while. Spotify has podcasts. So you can create playlists of your favorite podcasts and share it with friends and then have that as something that you can talk about with them when you do your FaceTime call. 
Um, also just making group music playlists. I've had friends sending me like social distancing music playlists. (laughs) So that's a fun thing to do. Another option, you know, David mentioned people doing dance parties, but I'm part of a book club and we haven't talked about it, but I'm pretty sure we'll do our meeting over FaceTime next week or Skype if you're not all iPhone users. Yeah, absolutely. Book clubs are great. Uh, I have a podcast recommendation for you all. Um, It's NPR has a daily coronavirus podcast now, and it's like 15 minutes and they go over like just the latest news, stay up to date. And I've been wanting that because I find that if I'm just following the news online, it's sort of a stream of recent events and I'm not getting the context. And that is really important to me to be like, where are we actually at? with this? What is the latest research coming out? You know, what stage are we at in the US versus Italy? And so I found that to be a useful podcast. I do really strongly recommend though finding non-coronavirus themed podcasts as well. iPhone Life has a podcast. Do a quick plug. That's free. Uh, If you're an insider, we have an ad-free version for you with extended content, but we have a free version for everyone that is mostly not coronavirus themed. And so it's nice to kind of get away from coronavirus for a little bit as well. Yeah, I agree. Um, Working out at home, this is a really good way just to keep your mental health in good shape. Uh, I threw in a few apps here that are good options. Down Dog is a yoga app that's offering all of its content for free right now. Uh, David, some of these were, were recommendations you put in. YMCA has a bunch of free podcasts. Y- yeah, YMCA has free videos um, that you can watch now. Uh, Peloton, they started as just cycling, but you can they now have a bunch of different things in there. So one thing my partner and I did, this is not... Uh, this is not exactly an app related thing, but we bought a, a stationary bike on Amazon because we knew we weren't going to go to the gym regularly. It was 150 bucks. So it wasn't too bad. Uh, and so we've really enjoyed that. We bought s- some weights. And so we've just been doing our own improv workouts and, you know, it wasn't that hard. It wasn't that expensive. Um, for anyone who has the Amazon Echo at home or any, you know, any Alexa enabled enabled device in their house, I really recommend the seven minute workout. Working from home, it's very easy for me to sit in this chair from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. without really moving besides just to get food and things like that. And this is a great way just to get up and it'll lead you through uh, seven minutes worth of workout. You don't need any weights or anything. Like sometimes it'll have you step up onto a chair or things like that. Um, but I found that to be a really nice way just to make sure you're keeping the blood flowing. Um, and then just checking out what your local gym has to offer. A lot of them are either posting Facebook live videos or using zoom to do a class. And so it's a good idea to keep continuing to support your local gyms and yoga studios if you can. Okay. I'm seeing a couple comments here. I'm trying to keep up with everybody. First of oh, all, silver sneakers. Me. Yeah. That's, silver like sneakers. A good, for, it's a great workout exercise for options seniors. for seniors. Um, we'll have to check that out. Yeah. That seems like a great option. Another option. Somebody was saying, can you say the name of our podcast again? It's just iPhone life podcast. Uh, we, Don and I host it. Uh, we took a week off in the craziness, try to figure out how to do it remotely, but we are going to get back to it. Okay. 
we are okay way the final yeah cruise through, sorry yeah. this is our final section we wanted to talk about apps for home deliveries uh and before we get into that i just wanted to address people's concerns i've definitely been having them too of just what you need to know about having food delivered food and other items delivered to you so there's some studies that show that that the virus could technically survive up to nine days on service on surfaces but a lot of the more recent studies have shown that realistically it seems to stay on surfaces for one to two days. Um, yeah, and, and just an update, the, the, I actually heard this from the coronavirus uh, uh, podcast on NPR, but now the latest seems to be for cardboard, it's three days, up to three days. Oh, uh, okay, good to know. Yeah. Um, and the World Health Organization has said that it's based on the evidence we have, you should avoid eating raw or uncooked animal meat right now, but that there's not a lot of evidence to show that you can get the coronavirus through cooked food. And restaurants in general are already go using uh, hygiene protocols that would protect you from getting the coronavirus from food that they're handling. Um, and really it's more... The way that you get the coronavirus that we know is that it's person-to-person -person contact through coughs and sneezes. And so if people are, if you're buying food from a restaurant that is, you know, up to code, then that shouldn't be a problem. So food is, shouldn't be a huge problem, but you can take a few precautions. If you're having um, groceries or any items delivered to your door, you want to wash your hands after unpacking the cardboard box, after opening up the plastic bag. If you're having vegetables from a grocery store, you want to rinse them. Um, it's not recommended to use soap on them. You don't need to do that, but just make sure to rinse your, your food. And a lot of home delivery apps are already doing this anyway, but they're leaving them on your doorstep and not having anyone come into your home. And so I don't think you have to enforce that from your side because I think they're already doing it, but you can also request that if you're worried about it. Uh, and so for food, some... there's a ton of options out there. We just mentioned some of the ones that we like Grubhub, DoorDash, Seamless, Uber Eats. Um, these are all good apps to figure out what delivery options you have for restaurants in your area. For other essentials, Amazon is the obvious one, but I just wanted to give you a couple tips on how to use Amazon these days. <laughs> And Instacart is a really good one for grocery shopping. But what I've noticed is I started buying things on Amazon with my Prime account the way that I usually did. And then two days would go by, a week would go by, two weeks would go by and like nothing has arrived. And I realized what I wasn't doing is when you check out, even if it's a Prime, even if it's a item that usually is Amazon Prime, you'll have to check what the delivery date is because a lot of times it'll be if it's an in-demand item, it might not be showing up for two months or even longer. And and the most in-demand items just aren't even available, which is frustrating, like toilet paper yeah. uh, and hand sanitizer. So you definitely need to find local options for those. And in your Amazon app, um, the you want to check, you can always look at the status of your orders at any time so you can see what's coming. So for instance, this Friday, I have a few things that I ordered a while back arriving. Um, but I'd be curious, yeah, if we have some people jumping in in the comments. 
with other options that they've been using. Yeah, I'm hearing shipit.com or is it ship? It's S-H-I-P-T.com. I've never heard of that, but that sounds cool. Target, um, in the Midwest, Hy-Vee, it's H-Y-V-E-E. That's a one of our local groceries chains and they also have home delivery for- They've stopped home delivery. Actually, it's curbside pickup now. But most, oh. almost every grocery store these days are, is either going to do home delivery or curbside, curbside pickup. Same thing with restaurants. We're in a small town and they're all doing it. So definitely, again, just to put in a plug to be supporting your local businesses. It, yes. if, it's a, if they're up to code and it's cooked food, it should be safe. Uh, they're doing delivery and these businesses are really struggling right now. So it's also just really nice to have a restaurant meal after mostly surviving off of our own cooking these days. Definitely. And uh, the last category for our home delivery that we wanted to talk about is medications. You know, uh, right now, if you're not really wanting to venture out of your house, you don't want to be caught running out of your medications. And we have a couple people in our office who swear by GoodRx. And this app, you can go in and find your medication, enter in your insurance information, pay for it there, and have up to three months of your medication delivered to your door. So that is a really good option to check out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have some people making points. You, the person preparing your food could be infected and not be aware of it. Just saying. Yeah, um, I think the safest thing you can do right now is not be around anyone and cook at home for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, you, you know, a lot of it, Noah brought up the point earlier, like you, in all of this advice, you're weighing different pros and cons. Like uh, if you are really wanting to support the restaurants around you, or if you're not able to cook for yourself, then you're probably safe if you're going with a restaurant that has good practices and you wash your hands after you open the bag and things like that. But cooking at home is also great. Do you have any cooking at home apps? We don't have a slide for that. We're actually to the end of our presentation, but um, <laughs> that could be tasty is a, a, is a fun cooking from home app that actually has like little video tutorial steps for every part of the recipe. If you subscribe to New York Times, I really enjoyed New York Times cooking. I eventually stopped subscribing to them, so I stopped using it, but they have a lot of fun recipes and it's a pretty powerful app. Um, yeah. All right, we have someone says a good app is Southern Living. Oh, okay, uh, cool. It's a good and one to check out. Taste. Skinny Taste. Cool. Yeah, well, so we have reached the end of our free workshop on helping you, you know, make the most or out of this situation we're all in. We hope that we've offered you some good information. We have so much more. Uh, we can get into all you need to know about Animojis, uh, way more tips for the messages app for staying in touch with all your friends right now. We've got our battery guide coming out next week. Um, we've got our notes app guide about to come out too. So if you want to stay part of the iPhone life community really and support what we're doing, which we always appreciate so much, come officially join the iPhone Life community by subscribing to be an insider. You go to iphonelife.com slash workshop dash offer and you get 30% today or 40% off if you are a senior or a veteran. And real quick 